Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, I hope you are having a good day today. And if you're not, hopefully this can help to increase the positivity ratio, which is some of what we talked about yesterday. And we're, we're going to really focus today on those. If you heard yesterday, I gave you 10 steps to that kinder, gentler relationship. because, and, and we also really talked about yesterday this idea of stopping the negative self-talk and how we do that and our internal world and how if we don't manage our internal world and the way we relate to ourselves, we will really truly end up reproducing outside of us what is inside of us. So however it is that I treat myself and talk to myself, the, the longer you, you know me, the more time you spend with me, you'll start to get that happening to you. Because we can't, re- we, we can't reproduce something outside of ourselves that we don't have inside. We can hold it for a while, like we can be polite and kind and understanding, but when it comes to our most intimate relationships, that's where we really find out who we are. So we want to make sure we're doing the internal world and we're doing that well. And we, we, then we really want to do, there's 10 specific things that we can do to get that kinder, gentler relationship and learn to be a kinder, gentler relater. So adjusting your thoughts is the first thing. And we talked yesterday about those four things when it comes to stopping the negative self-talk. And so think about how you want to be treated. When you're relating with somebody, you want to think about How would I want to be treated right now instead of only how I feel about what they're doing? So, you know, you don't like it when someone makes you feel even worse, right? Or when they keep rubbing your face in it, they give you condemnation, they're guilting you, they're blame shifting, they're deflecting, they're making it feel crazy, right? Versus the one who offers assistance and grace, understanding and mercy, doesn't mean that we um, water something down. It doesn't mean that we're in denial. doesn't mean that we do, you know, the Pollyanna approach to living. It means that in spite of negative behaviors, in spite of a negative event, I still can be positive and I can address what went wrong. It really truly is about judging the behaviors and not judging the person. So that's the first one. Think about how you want to be treated. The second, think about how you would react to someone else. How would you react to another person? How do I want to react to my husband, to my children, to my coworkers, to my friends? So think about this. A family member spills grape juice on a white couch. How do you react? Do you show your frustration? Do you feel you need to, quote unquote, 
teach them a lesson about how to be careful with the juice? Well, think about how you would react if, if, you, if you were someone else who spilled the juice. Like, let's say it was your best friend, or more importantly, a guest. So if I have a guest at my house, and they spill juice on white carpet, am I going to go off on them? Am I going to tell them how stupid they are? How careless? Weren't you even thinking? Do you know how much that's going to cost? No, I'd be gracious. So if I'd be gracious to a guest, why can't I be gracious to the people closest to me, right? Would you have the same feelings about the family member that you would for the guest? So many times we've talked about this idea that somehow the people that are closest to us get the worst version of us, the most careless, reckless version of ourselves, and the people that we rarely see Get this wonderful person. So I'm sure you, you, you know, relationships you've been in or maybe that you're currently in. You go out and you think to yourself, man, I wish they treated me that way. See, that's upside down. So you want to say to yourself, I need to tighten up a little bit. I need to be, need to be more on my game. So we want to be as kind and forgiving and merciful and gracious to the person closest to us as I would to a friend or a guest. So very important that we think about how I want to be treated and how I would react to someone else when it comes to, wow, if I react like like this nicely and courteously, kindly to a stranger, Why am I not doing that to the person that I supposedly value the most? So let's look at this next, this next uh, kind of uh, cluster. And this is, we want to adjust our focus. So adjusting our focus means I focus on the relationship instead of appearances. Ask yourself, in every interaction that you're, you're in with, with people, am I building up my relationship? Or are my words and my actions contributing to closeness? Or are they driving a wedge between us? So focusing on the relationship, not on how it appears to you, and, and you don't like how it appears. It's not working very well. So that, that's one of the ways we adjust our focus so that I'm actually doing my side of the street and I am contributing positive. I'm really working on doing my side of the street right, even if they're not. So I ask myself, am I building up my relationship? Are my words and my actions contributing to us being closer? Or am I being reckless and careless? and resentful, and negative, and oversensitive, and driving a wedge between us with judgment. So another way we adjust our focus, we focus on the situation instead of the behavior. So someone's having a bad moment. So instead of focusing on what they're doing wrong, 
focus on who you know that person to be. Because let me tell you, if you can't trust that the person you're with in their heart of hearts is really a good person and is really trying really hard and is losing, you know, you, you see them losing the program. If you really think they're a bad person, why are you with them? Why are you doing that? If they are a person that is characterological, that is chronically abusive, why would you be with that person? So one of the ways that we adjust our focus and we get some perspective is we remind ourselves of who we know that person truly is, who that person really wants to be. If, if this is a person very close to you, then you know that person. So if they're acting in a way that doesn't match who you know they are, then we offer empathy. We want to be compassionate. Comfort and compassion go a long way. We still practice really good boundaries so that we don't get pulled into the bad behavior. And we don't take things so personally. We find out what they need. We help them figure it out. We help them get their needs met. Maybe they're stressed, tired, hungry, lonely. Maybe they failed somewhere in their day and they're feeling really bad. And so you're not getting a good version of them. Well, if you take that personally, you'll never find out what's really going on with them. So part of, part of it, being able to do that is practicing those good boundaries. And then the last part we adjust our focus is we focus on prevention instead of correction. And this even helps with children. Even though we may have to correct, we really want to work on prevention. But in our adult rela relationships, remember, you are not the parent to adults. You are, not, you are not the parental figure to other adults. If you need to be that, then you certainly need to be getting some therapy as a couple. If you are always parenting your spouse, that, that's, a that's a red flag. So don't allow yourself to flip into a parental role when your spouse, your partner, best friends, whoever, messes up. They probably know that they've messed up. Who needs to tell them, right? I mean, do you need to tell, be told when you've done something wrong? So remind yourself, what's done is done. We all know that we lose the program from, from at any given time. We've had it in our life. Maybe we have periods of time where we can't get on our own program. So I say to, to couples many times, okay, if someone's struggling and they can't seem to get their act together, and you know that's not who they are, then what's, what's one bad year in 50 years, right? But if I'm immature, then I can't look that far into the distance. I need to have it changed immediately. And that's a boundary issue. That if you don't change, I can't have peace. If you don't change immediately, I can't be okay with my own life. I can't have positive feelings. And, and that's, that's that indicator of not having good boundaries. So if we focus on correction and we get parental or judgmental, 
we're going to make it worse, and we now become a part of the problem. We complicate things because we're going to put them on, on a defense, which means we can't problem-solve anymore. So the best you can do is figure out how to prevent it from happening again in the future. And you start to get more into problem-solving versus judging. So the third area that we want to, to really adjust is our words. Adjusting your words. So listen to yourself. Listen to how, how you are talking inside of you. And we talked some about that uh, yesterday. Notice when you are kind and who you are kind to. If you ever speak kindly to anyone, then you already have the tools you need to change the way you speak to your loved ones. If you can be kind to strangers, then there's no reason why you can't be kind to the person closest to you that you see a lot of, right? It's kind of like the magnifying mirror that women have when they put on makeup and how differently it looks magnified by 10 versus five feet away. This is part of really listening to what's going on in your internal world so that the words you speak to you are the words that you would speak to others. So notice when you start to sound mean. Notice what you're saying. Notice your tone of voice. Recognize your body language. These are all parts of, of communication. So recognizing what's going on in you when you're interacting with this person. So that if you are getting frustrated, offended, hurt, afraid, that you recognize, okay, what do I need to do to take care of myself in this moment so I stay in my adult and I don't make this situation worse? Because retaliating and going down to that level creates so much wreckage and damage. It's so much more difficult to heal from those. So then, as you work on adjusting your words, so you're listening to yourself, and then you want to make sure you have a backup plan. So when you find yourself about to say something to someone that you know you're going to regret, this is the famous thing we talk about all the time, take a deep breath. Relax your face and say softly inside, I love you. It's impossible to be mean after reminding yourself and your loved one how you feel. So when you say inside, I, lo I love you, and remind yourself how much you love this person, then you can nicely speak it out. And even in the midst of an argument, you can say, you know, I know it's bad right now, but I have to tell you, I really love you. I really do. It changes the entire tone of that interaction. And in many cases, this change in you really diffuses that spiral that probably is occurring. So even if it does nothing to calm the other person, it at least helps you stay calm. And you at least are not contributing 
to whatever the mayhem is that's going on. You can think more clearly and, and you can be more present to help you and that childlike part of you that wants to rear its ugly head. And you can help the other with their needs and get them filled up as well. And then what happens is we have what we've talked about before, that rip and repair. So we have a rip that's beginning. And we at least stave off how deep that rip goes, how wide and how long the rip is. And then when we manage the ripping, that it's not, we're not letting it really rip because we're adjusting. Then we get that repair and the relationship is stronger, more resilient, there's more trust and there's more respect which will then cause the incidences to happen far less often and to be the unusual instead of the normal. Many of the couples I work with only have good moments occasionally and bad moments most often. So the therapy process for them turns that right side up. So they begin to have positive experience more often than negative. We're going to have negative experiences because we're dealing with humans and we're all human. So when you're adjusting your words, you're listening to yourself, how am I talking, what do I sound like, inside and out, and I have a backup plan for when things start to go south. So now we're gonna talk about adjusting your routine, self-care. And again, we've talked about that internal world and reminding ourselves that Jesus lives in there. How does he feel about living in your home? What is he experiencing? Does he like living in there? Do you like living inside of yourself? So adjusting your routine, these are external things that we can do to help the internal world. And self-care is huge. And this is part of really helping relationships that you're in be healthier. The more you care for you, the more energy you have to care for others. The more you care for you, the less you have to think about yourself. And, and I've given you the example of, the, of a car. And if I maintain my car, just maintain it. Gas, oil, wash it. You know, get, do the maintenance when it comes up every six months or 12 months, whatever that is. I don't ever have to think about my car. I just always expect it to work because I've maintained it. If I don't maintain my car, then not only do I have to think about it all the time, but everybody else does as well because I can't make it to appointments. I'm calling people up. They have to come rescue me from the side of the road. Now we're spending a ton of money where we didn't need to because I didn't maintain the car. So I let the engine seize because I didn't want to change the oil. That's very costly. So when you're thinking of you and self-care, the better you take care of you, and I'm not, I'm not talking about constant indulgence. I'm saying the better you take care of you, 
the better you feel about you and the more energy you have and you bring that to every relationship that you are in. Jesus is one of the best examples of taking care of himself. He made sure that he had the energy he needed, the emotional energy, the physical energy, intellectual and spiritual energy, and social, to do what God had called him to do. And he made it to the last day and did it well. He took time to be by himself. He made sure he ate. He made sure he slept. He made sure he had time to pray. He made sure he had fun with his friends. He made sure that he was educating. He made sure he did all these different things that took care of him so he could take care of us. So be proactive. Eat as soon as you notice you're hungry. Sleep if you need to sleep. You make sure your kids are eating and sleeping, right? Well, just because you're a grown-up doesn't mean that your body somehow changed. Your body still needs to eat and sleep. So if you do choose to stay up for hours after everybody goes to bed, then don't complain about how exhausted you are because you're an adult, you made the choice. So you know that if you choose that, you know, everything has a consequence. So there's nothing wrong if you choose to do that. You just need to remind yourself, <coughs> excuse me, what the cost is. So, so number nine, let go, let go. Adjusting routine is letting go of things that won't matter down the road. This is part of, this is really important. This is part of the acceptance process of accepting the things I can't change and changing the things I can. If I can't change something, I need to let it go. Whatever I need to do to be able to be at peace. So the important things that take you away from your loved ones, let go of those things as well. Things like being overly conscientious about the house being clean to the point that you you can't spend time with anybody unless everything's put in place. And then you see the choice and you make the choice. So maybe it feels like being mean has become automatic for you or snarky or snotty or passive aggressive. Maybe it feels like you can't help it. Well, we know that's not true because we know we have choice. But when you look at your own self-care, if you're tired all the time because you don't take care of yourself, you're going to have a harder time controlling your emotional world and how you interact with others. So if you need to control yourself as a grown-up, if you can't seem to practice self-control, take the time to find out what lifestyle changes you need to make to ensure better self-control. If it's a maturity issue, hey, do us all a favor and grow up. And, and I'm not saying that to be mean. But the most pleasant people to be around are the ones that have self-control and self-containment. And they are the happiest people as well. Choose to be kind, choose to adjust, choose to be gentle, choose to be soft and sweet with your words and actions. Take good care of you. People love you, and you will love them well when you take care of you. So I'm so glad that you joined me again today. 
And I'm hoping that this is helpful. And thank you for your feedback. Absolutely. I love it when you participate in social media. And I want you to have a really good rest of your day. And we are going to talk tomorrow about actual I statements and commitments we are making. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.